We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Uh, we, the thing is, is, there's no better, there's no place like New York. Uh, we know that, and particularly for the Knicks. Uh, we know how much this team means to the city, and so we're excited to have the opportunity to represent the city. And we play in the, the best arena in the world. Um, so, you know, we, we don't take that for granted. We don't take our fans for granted. And we want to make them proud. Hey there, Knicks fans! <laughs> How you doing? It's your boy, Jonathan Macri, with you for a... What is this? Media Day live stream, right? I guess that's what we're calling it. Um... Man, it feels good to be back. Feels like something something's different about this than like summer league or you know Josh Hart emergency, not really emergency live streams when he signs an extension that we knew was coming from the day he was traded here. Um, feels good. Feels good. Feels like getting getting back into it. Not fully back. I'm like I'm drinking a I'm drinking a white claw because I'm I'm trying to as always perpetually watch the calories. So I'm not. Not breaking open the brown stuff uh, until we play some real basketball games. Um, so what is that? I guess we're about two, three weeks away, three three weeks in a day, something like that. First game of the season. I think game season starts on Tuesday. So uh, yeah, we'll we'll save that stuff for then. Um, welcome back to everybody who maybe hasn't hasn't joined us. Um, you know, since last season. I'm sure we'll get a bunch more people once the games actually start. But to anyone who's been like, you know what? I'm taking the summer off. The Heat the heat series really knocked me for one. I'll wake me when it's training camp. Well, training camp is here. And uh, and before we actually get into whatever you guys want to talk about, um, I'm going to I want to bring Andrew Claudio up here. For just a for a quick second. So I have both a compliment and a question for you. Andrew, do you want the compliment or the question first? Um, we're doing this on the spot, so I don't know what would work better, the compliment or the question. Doesn't, it, I haven't. It doesn't really matter. I will take the compliment first. I like compliments. So the compliment, you know, here at Nick's Film School, we're always trying to drive engagement. We're always trying to be on the forefront, you know. Be the be the preeminent TikTokers on the in the in the Nick social media world. So Andrew crafts, I see it. I saw it like an hour ago when I retweeted it. He crafts this really like well worded, very very like coming up next after the break. Um, tweet about what we're going to talk about. New Nick starting five. RJ off the bench. Yada yada yada. It's all nothing burgers. Like nothing fucking happened today. It's all absolute. Yeah, just complete. You know how important media day was? Fred Katz of the Athletic didn't even fucking go. He's in the air. He's flying at the moment. <laughs> he's like, not on a plane. He's just Superman. At the, he's he's literally yeah. flying to, to he, Charleston where they're having training camp. Exactly. He thought better of it to just get a leg up on everybody else. Um, it'd be much funnier if, if how, how much would you pay? Quick aside to have like. A planes, trains, and automobiles style scenario unfold with like cat. I mean, we would have needed Berman for it to be really special, but like he just cats Bagley, Bondi, Popper, and uh, I. I would pay to watch that. I yeah, Berman I needs to be there. You you hit it. That he does. Now, speaking of things I saw on Twitter today, the so, spirit, that, okay, wait, hold on. The spirit of Mark Berman is alive and well. 
ladies and gentlemen. That's all I got. This, this is the question on a scale of on a scale from one to oh my god, he's finally lost it. Where were you when you saw my very Berman-esque quote tweet of the Devin Vassell extension? I mean, you hit it at the top that the Heat series took a lot out of you. Yeah. Um, and that you wanted to just get away. And while it's great to, to dust off the training wheels and I'm excited to get back into the swing of things on the live stream side of, side of the, the Knicks film school content world. Uh, same. It, it was good to disconnect. And that moment of, oh, what is he doing? It was was very much, a, oh, we're back. T- today is the fir- official start. We're back, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Hence my reply just being like, yeah. Nah, Jonathan, relax. Uh, relax. <laughs> no, in, in full disclosure, that was not that there, I had a specific purpose of that because there was somebody I wrote uh, a newsletter over the summer. I don't I, I write too many things, but I wrote a newsletter over the summer, which and I insinuated that I didn't think the Spurs would trade Devin himself for RJ Barrett, that they would not be receptive of that. Uh-huh. And and uh, there was a reader who took particular offense to this. And how dare I utter Devin Vassell's name in the same breath as RJ Barrett? Well, ever saw I got paid a few, few dollars. Today. So that was more who that was directed at. But you anyway. do this sometimes where it's like the reason I did this one thing that everybody saw is because of because one, this one person comment one time from one fucking crazy person. Yes. Yes. Which, yeah. you know, we, we, we love the things that, that set you off and give us these reactions, John, but you never know what it's going to be. It you never know. Interesting. Yeah. That's, yes. A, that's yes. Interesting. That's, that's what we like. The unpredictability of things that are going to, set people off yes like will I, smith at the oscars i've always keep, keep it interesting. my wife's name or in your case my coach's name ouchia anyway man love it anyway okay so um i don't know should we do a little preamble do we have people that want to talk about stuff i mean i i have a couple thoughts on media day in general but um so hit your couple of thoughts i'm in the midst of working on a guessing game oh boy so after your preamble, we've already got a super chat, believe Great. it or not, that actually got in about an hour before we went live. So we'll, we'll get to that first and then we'll get to some questions. And then if we have time, we'll play the game. OK, so I'll, I'll start off with some general thoughts. Um, let's start at the Knicks Media Day, because this is the Knicks Film School uh, live stream on the Knicks Film School YouTube channel. Or if you're listening to the next next day, the next film school, school podcast, um, no surprises, uh, no surprises. I, I think, you know, that yes, and, and Andrew, I, I joke with him, but like, yeah, there were a couple of quotes where it's like, oh, if you write it out of context, maybe it raises an eyebrow. Every answer that was given today, both by Tibbs and the three very purposefully chosen uh, headline players uh for the knicks who came out and shared the dais i believe quickly also got up there and uh dante divincenzo also got up there um and again none of this stuff is by accident like the knicks i don't think they purposefully you know get guys on their roster who they know are savvy uh, savvy with the the media i mean <laughs> exhibit a mitchell robinson although i i wouldn't call him unsavvy he's just you know who the hell knows what mitch is ever gonna say um but like you know, you know, the Knicks are going to coach their guys up like, you know, Julius was prepared with the answer to the agency question that he was inevitably going to get. And he joked, you know, how about, you know, I want to be closer to RJ. Um, you know, Jalen was ready for his uh, the, the I was going to say Olympics, the FIBA question. Um, Emmanuel quickly was locked and loaded in terms of the question about his extension. Like, And Tibbs, I mean, God, Tibbs could do this with his eyes closed and, and both hands tied behind his back. So he's. You know, you want to make something of the fact that he didn't say stone cold like oh, Quentin Grimes is my starting shooting guard. He's never going to say that. You know, he he's he's always going to be like, well, you know, go put in the work. But he, I, I thought the fact that he went out of his way to mention how well the team did after they changed it to the Grimes starting lineup. I thought that was very notable. And, you know, Fred Katz obviously reported today. Shout out to Fred. Looking looking forward to talking to him later this week. Fred reported today that, uh, you know, it's it's probably going to be Grimes. Like, I, to me, this isn't a story because never in a million years did I think that there was ever any real thought to the fact that Grimes wasn't going to be the starting shooting guard. And I obviously still feel that way. I mean, you never know what 
what's going to happen if the team starts out, you know, slump or, or rather Grimes starts out in a slump. Team starts off in rocky on rocky ground and he's slumping and maybe, you know, DiVincenzo's lighting it up off the bench. Like shit happens. But out of the gate, like, you know, it's going to be Grimes. Um, the RJ bench question, I've been trying to find out. So I asked Fred. Fred wasn't there. I texted Chris before. Uh, Chris Persiani, shout out to him. I believe this was his first media day um, as a as someone who who covers uh, the Knicks. I asked him if he knew who asked the, the RJ question because RJ, when he when he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I'd come off the bench or whatever they need. It sounded like someone asked him specifically, like, would you be fine coming off the bench? I'm just curious who asked it. Not that it would change my thinking of anything, but like, I don't know. Um, obviously, RJ is going to start. Uh, is there? Is there a theoretical world where you could convince some folks that it might be better for the team if RJ was coming off the bench and, and Josh Hart was starting? Yeah, I, I could probably be talked into that. Um, if only because, and stop me if you've heard this one before, uh, RJ Barrett with Julius Randle, we now have four years of evidence that this is a pairing that is not particularly, like it, the rising tide, there is no rising tide. So the ships are not being lifted like those two together over the course of four years. Uh, they have a negative net rating. They've been outscored. They were outscored last year, um, you know, and and it, it's already clear that they're trying to give RJ more time with the bench. Tibbs mentioned that today. He likes RJ with the bench, but they're they're never going to bring RJ off the bench. And, and honestly, they, they shouldn't because it doesn't matter who starts is more for show. It's more for looks. It's more for stature. And for as long as he is on this team, the Knicks are going to, uh, you know, ostensibly hold to the outside world, at least RJ Barrett in high regard, what they think of him internally and how, you know, broken up they are going to be if, and when they have to deal him is a different story, but like, there's no reason to put him on the bench because it would cause a story where there's no need for a story. They've already made it very clear. They don't necessarily need to close with him, um, but they also may close with him and they did close with him many times, even after, you know, quickly got rolling and, and everything last year. So, uh, I don't think there's anything there. Uh, Quickly's extension. I mentioned Vassell. I, I to me, the Vassell thing, Vassell's number that he got has nothing to do with what Quickly might get. Devin Vassell is a whatever he is, six eight, six nine, um, big wing who already has shown all defense potential, but it's at that size and gives you. Not yet, but but has shown signs, shown signs of being an elite off the catch threat that can also give you a little creation juice on the side. So you combine all those things that a player in that size it just goes to show like, you know, it's why, you know, I know the number hasn't come in yet, but it's why um, Jane McDaniel, who Andrew always makes fun of me for for being in love with in Minnesota. It's why the number you're going to get a similar number, I would expect on his extension quickly is in a slightly different category. You know, he is, I would argue he maybe found his ideal NBA role last season as a six man. You know, he's still a, a small ish guard who is not going to be your, your primary initiator. Um, I still, I don't think he's going to get more than four for a hundred. I personally think it's going to come in at more like four for 90 with incentives. I could be wildly wrong. Um, but so yeah, I don't think that had anything to do with the quickly extension. I expect quickly the extension to get done soon ish. I don't think it's going to go to the deadline being the the night before the regular season, but who knows? Crazy things have happened. Um, I think that's it. I don't really know if there's anything else to say about Nick's media day and Nick's storylines. Obviously, if you want me to follow up on any of the above, feel free to get your questions in the chat to me. And like, you know, I, I, I hesitate to, to go here, but it's just preventing the inevitable because, and there's, listen, I, I already know it. There's going to be people who are going to be so annoyed with me doing this all year long. I'm not even talking about like, you know, the occasional troll job like I did earlier today, but like, I legitimately feel this way that the most important stuff in the NBA this season, as far as it pertains to the Knicks and their long term future, um, is not necessarily happening in New York, it's happening in Philadelphia. So to me, as far as the Knicks are concerned, the most notable thing that happened today is the fact that James Harden didn't show up for media day in Philadelphia, which cements the fact that there is a that situation is not blowing over. Not that I don't know who expected it to blow over, but it is not blowing over anytime soon. Um, the game of musical, the music has stopped. 
there are no chairs left or whoever's it, you know, the, the, everybody has sat in their respective chairs. Um, and it's now a situation. Now, is it def? What's the highest DEFCON? DEFCON 1? So is it DEFCON 1? No, it's not DEFCON 1. It's like, I don't know, DEFCON 3, DEFCON 4, something like that. But like anybody who thought that there was a chance of this just going away, obviously it hasn't. And I'll be very curious to see where it goes. I expect at some point the Clippers will come back to the table. Um, the reporting in recent days is is very clear that they were perhaps the runner up to Drew Holiday, uh, for to Boston for Drew Holiday, um, as was Miami. Those were the two teams that were in it to the end, as has been reported by multiple outlets. So it's very clear that they want to make a move. It also seems to be very clear that like they're just not all that desperate for that move to be James Harden, which is fascinating because that's the only place that he's he he says he wants to go. Um. But and, and the, you know, and if you're already if you're going to be sick and tired of me mentioning the Sixers and paying attention to the Sixers and like kind of being pretty happy if the Sixers experience a three or four or five game losing streak this year, I just you know, and I'm not going to spend too much time on it now. But and I don't want to repeat what I said on on the podcast that aired today. But like, the it, it's yet again abundantly clear in the fact that the Knicks could have very easily traded for Drew Holiday and didn't. Why? Saving their chips, you know, um, it is very clear that they they are on the same path that they've been on since the day Leon Rose took over, and then it just comes down to okay, well, who's it going to be? And I have something that I'm I've written for the newsletter tomorrow, so feel free to check it out. I'm not going to go too deep into it because you could read it, but it's going to be next summer because if they don't do it next summer it's going to make it extraordinarily risky to go into the following offseason to try to do it because then all of a sudden you're staring the second apron in the face and it becomes very difficult to make those sorts of trades when you are above the second apron so that's the timing part of it and then as far as the who right because like i know a lot of people watching this right now or listening to this right now aren't fans of joel Embiid, despite the fact that he was named the league's most valuable player um yeah, he's injured. Yeah, he has sucked in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, he maybe has a bit of a per, per, persnickety uh, persona at times. Like he's an he's an he's an imperfect superstar. But if you're gonna focus in on the first the the adjective there, you kind of have to also at least pay homage to the noun. And he is a superstar. And there are not going to be, as far as I could tell. A whole lot of superstars to come on the market next summer, not after the Bucs did what they did. Um, you know, people might want to say, Luca, man, if you could tell, you're going to sit here and tell me that with two years left on his deal before he could opt out of a player option and hit free agency, with two years left, Luka Doncic is going gonna, is gonna to strong arm his way to, to New York and Mark, Mark Cuban is going to send him to the Knicks after everything that's gone on between those two franchises in the last year i listen i i love nobody loves Luka Doncic more than me i call him the, the modern day michael jordan a, andrew has an audio clip to prove it i'm sure um but yeah i just and you know and we could go we we all know who the guys are right we all know who those names are uh i just i mean i the good news if you're not a fan of Embiid, is like they're not making the trade today tomorrow they're, they're not making it even before the deadline they have until next summer to see what else shakes loose so if something else shakes I mean, they'll be ready to pounce on whoever that player may be, but from my perspective, to just like stick my head in the sand and not care and pretend like I don't care about what's going on in Philly because of the notion like we have to handle our own business. What the, what's going on in Philly doesn't matter to us. I I just think that that's nonsense. Uh, looking at the lay of the land, um, because this is uh, <laughs> Hyman Roth, not, not Simon Roth, Hyman Roth. Uh, inside joke. As Hyman Roth once said, uh, this is the business we've chosen. And the business that Leon Rose chose when he took over as president was eventually I'm going to trade for a superstar player. And, uh, you know, we'll we'll see if he can uh, wind up doing that. But enough from me. Andrew tells me that we are ready to pivot to some uh, some stuff that people want to talk about. So let's do it. First, very generous super chat. Thank you, J.M., J-Mac, I found KFS last summer during all the Donovan Mitchell buzz. I stuck around and saw KFS crush it all season through the lows. OKC, Chicago, Dallas games. Oh, man, why are you bringing me down? Um, 
those were not fun. Uh, and all the highs. Keep up the great work. Looking forward to another year. Thank you. Um, I, 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 you know what happens with each passing year, and this will not surprise Andrew, and maybe won't surprise many people. I have less and less of a grip on whether I know what I'm doing here, and like that. What I know what I'm doing here. I know I'm like talking into a microphone about the Knicks, but like have any kind of business doing this. Um, because I think every year that goes by, I kind of, it adjusts like kind of how I view the team, how I view like what my role is here. Um, I wrote about it a little bit today. Like my fandom has changed a lot. Like I don't really latch on to like specific players anymore other than Jalen Brunson. Um, and yes, Tom Thibodeau, uh, you know, and it's more just like, how can we get a championship? And it's like kind of feels cold and hard sometimes. And I don't know if that translates anymore in the, like, cause when I started, it was all, you know, how can we look at the glass half full all the time? And now I'm, I don't know. I think I've, I've shifted over the years. And I, I don't know if the people still want that. Um, but I appreciate you coming aboard and staying aboard and I'm excited to, to, to keep doing this. So hopefully we have a good year and it's uh it's a lot of fun. Thanks, Jack. Appreciate it. Tony NFL. Speaking of NFL, I think the Giants playing tonight. Yeah. The Giants playing tonight. Um, 30 kickoff. What time? 8.30 kickoff. 8.30 kickoff. Okay. That's good. Usually when Monday Night Football kicks off, which for those of you listening on the podcast, I hope your team won or I'm sorry your team lost. Uh, I don't really care if the Giants win or lose. I do have two Seahawks going in a in a close fantasy matchup uh, that I'm going to be very upset if I lose because, at, quick aside, after weeks of having Jordan Love on the... Jordan Love? That's his name. Jordan Love on the bench in favor of Justin Fields, I finally made the switch to love this week bench fields. And now I feel like an asshole for, for doing that. So I, I need uh, the couple of Seahawks that I have, I think Metcalf and their running back Walker. Does that sound like a guy? Uh, I need them to, to do well. Anyway, Tony NFL. Why has Evan 48 not been traded yet? Good question. Um, so unsurprisingly, cause he is a professional. Um, Ian Bagley reported today that Evan Fournier is, he's going to show up to camp and he's going to be a good soldier. Um, he hasn't been traded yet. I mean, the short answer is that nobody wants to trade for him. Uh, and that may seem a little trite, but it's reality. And I think I think the reason why there are a lot of people out there who are wondering, like, why is Evan Fournier still on the team? Is they're kind of going off of his comments at the end of last season. And with all due respect to Evan Fournier, I don't think Evan Fournier had any idea what he was talking about when he was like, oh, yeah, they're obviously going to trade me. What he failed to understand... I, I would imagine his agents have since spoken to him about this is that his value at this point, not, I'm not saying he's a terrible player. He'll, I'm sure he'll get dealt with team and he'll have meaningful, you know, NBA minutes left in him. But like his value to a team is as an 18 or 19, whatever it is, million dollar expiring contract. And I think that I would bet that the Knicks hoped they would be able to parlay that into some sort of meaningful trade over the course of this summer, that didn't end up happening. So now it's like, do like what? Here's what they were never going to do. They were never going to like attach a second round pick to Evan Fournier so they could dump him to like San Antonio for Doug McDermott. Like they were never going to do that. That's not how they operate. It's not how Brock Aller operates. It's not how Leon Rose is operated. So he will stay here until they find a trade where they at least feel like his contract is of value. And you know what? Yeah, there's a chance that that's, this drags towards the deadline when at that point things might change because some teams that maybe, who knows, maybe there's a team that thinks they're in it right now that isn't going to be in it come January or February that's looking to duck the luxury tax and maybe Evan Fournier helps them do that. Um, or, you know, get ahead of next year where they're trying to duck the luxury tax next year. It's not really about cap space anymore because nobody hoards cap space anymore. Now it's all about ducking the tax, ducking the first apron, ducking the second apron. Um, and to that end, Evan Fournier could still be useful, but that trade has not materialized yet, which is why he's still here. Um, so, yeah, that's a short slash long answer. Matt Smith, what's going on, Matt? Doesn't seem like Giannis will be leaving anytime soon. I Well, I, I think they, they bought themselves a year. Right? I think Milwaukee bought themselves a year. I think they were looking at next summer being doomsday. Now, at the very least, I think almost regardless of what happens this year, like they, they went in that much for Dame 
they're going to give it two years. And like, I, I, I can't even imagine a scenario where, where Giannis gets traded next summer. Anyway, and Bagley said on Knicks Fan TV yesterday that he has heard Maury ownership won't ever said send Embiid in division to New York. So where the hell do we go? I, I'm not disparaging uh, Ian Bagley's reporting to be very clear. I would never do that because he's more plugged in than anybody. Um, I'm sure he's heard that. I'm absolutely certain that there are vibes emanating from the Sixers organization that they will don't want to send Embiid to the Knicks. Um, just like there have been vibes emanating from the Sixers organization and Daryl Morey that they will not sell low on James Harden because he's an asset and they need to value the asset and yada, 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 blah, blah, blah. Well, sometimes push comes to shove. And what's going to be interesting is because, again, Next summer, Joel Embiid will not be an expiring contract. He will not be entering his last year. He will be entering two years remaining. Now, historically, two years is when you could push your way out. What it'll be a test of is whether he could push his way where he wants to go if where he wants to go isn't somewhere the ownership wants to send him. Where I think it is notable here, or what I think is particularly notable here, is that Unlike situations like with Dame wanting to go to Miami and Donovan Mitchell wanting to go to the Knicks, and I'm sure there's another star that I'm not thinking of that didn't get to his like number one A destination. The Knicks are gonna be willing to give everything. They are not going to pussyfoot around and hope to get Joel Embiid on the cheap if 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 indeed it comes to a situation where he is, um, you know, he, he wants to force his way out. So if you have that situation, and here's the other part of it, and this is why a lot of people don't want to hear about Joel Embiid. It's because he's not your typical 20, whatever he is, 29, 30, 20, I don't know, whatever, you know, MVP of that age. Like, he's a big guy with concerns about his legs, and he's had a checkered playoff history. And like he seems to wear down over the course of the year. And like, what does that say about his conditioning? And is that going to get any better? So it's like normally throughout NBA history, when you have a 29, 30 year old MVP that comes on the market and then you have a team like Oklahoma City that could look at it and say, well, you know what? Honestly. So what? Maybe he leaves in two years um, like we are as my daughter is like crawling underneath me here for some reason. Um like, you know, we're, we're going to just take our chances and then, and then see what shakes loose then. With Embiid, I'm not sure that the teams that are out there that can beat the Knicks offer, not that there are that many of them. I'm not sure that those teams are going to be jumping up and down to give what it would take to beat again an offer that will be gargantuan. Because again, Leon Rose knows what we all know, which what everybody around Lee knows, which is like, time's up. You know, um, mommy wants you. Love you. Okay. Um, so I don't know. Is it possible? Sure. And if that's the case, where do we go? I, beats me. I I really don't know where they go. I think they. My guess. My guess would be they try as they might, and I don't think it will be easy to duck the se second apron for an additional season. So they give themselves another year to make the trade for whoever it is that's that's going to shake loose or or they go for one of these substandard options. And I would rather even not say the names out loud because I don't particularly care for them. But like there are there will be stars on the market next summer. Are those going to be stars that like Knicks fans are going to be jumping up and down for? No, of course not. You know, the, I mean, I guess the one in between option and I, it's, I really can't, can't fully wrap my head around how he plays into all this, but the one other option is Donovan Mitchell, who they almost traded for last summer. But, like, I don't know. We've come this far. Are, they, are, are the Knicks going to be gung-ho about that being, like, their team? Do they think Mitchell plus Jalen Brunson plus, I, you know, I, can they get, like, an OG Ananobi? Like, do they add that? To, do they add him and, like, keep Randall or something like that? And cobble it together, you know, without a traditional 1A sort of guy. I'm sure it's possible. But, I mean, if, listen, plan. I don't think plan B is fully written yet because I think they're counting on plan A. That's my, that's my guess. Just my guess. But we'll see.
All right, AK, the RJ quote was about backing about backing up the four, but was probably presented about coming off the bench. Ah, okay, so this is news to me. Um, I that makes a lot more sense. That makes a lot more sense because I, again, the we only hear the answers. Like we don't, we we don't, you know, on the sound bites that get distributed on Twitter. And I had a crazy day. I unfortunately, wasn't able to lo- listen to the questions and the answers. But um, that's good to know. It makes sense. Thanks, AK. Appreciate that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Don- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Uh, Jessica, what's going on, Jessica? Knicks basketball in a week. Sure, it's preseason, but I'm so excited. Props to Andrew, a Knicks fan. Uh, KFS for killing it all offseason. Let's go, Knicks. Andrew has been killing it all offseason. In an offseason in which he got married and somehow still managed to do all of the things that needed to get done. It's a good job by you. Thank you, Jessica. Thank you, John. And we're kind of caught up on questions at the moment, which allow for us to play America's new favorite live stream on media day for the Knicks uh, guessing game. Uh, Who said this? That's the game we're going to play, John. Who said this? So I'm guessing I'm not listening to an audio clip. You well, so I'm going to give you the quote first, and then you're going to tell me who said this, and then I will tell you. Who said this? I want people. Well, there's a couple of easy ones. In fact, there's a good chance these are all easy. But let's start with your first one. Let's give you let's give you uh, some batting practice. I think this is what they call this. So here's your first quote. I wanted to be closer to RJ. <laughs> I think I said that already. That would be Julius Randall uh, speaking about his uh, switch of agencies, I believe. Is that your final answer? It is my final answer. It was uh, I want to be closer. Or RJ. Okay. Now you got your agent. Yeah, now yes, we share an agent. Yes, sir, Steve. Yeah. But uh, no, Aaron, man, Aaron was great. Uh, he's been with me for the majority of my career. And, uh, you know, he did a great job, uh, you know, during that time. For me, it was, uh, you know, for me, it was, uh, like I said, I just wanted to be closer to RJ. And that settles um, that. That's why he changed representative john clearly and i'm sure we'll never hear anything about it again uh mm-hmm. big story that i buried 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 the lead here julius randall got a haircut yeah I, does that mean he's like i think uh alex was was it out someone was saying this or no maybe it was varun i uh, was saying this in the Substack chat like maybe like a cleaner look is, means he's like like he's getting down to business you know like taking taking the year more seriously no 
I mean, not selling you on it. He had a very good year last year in which he quote unquote could be argued he took it more seriously. That's true. So I don't know if I I'm more worried about the opposite. If I can go to the Bible real quick and talk about Samson, where his hair got shaved and then he lost all his strength. Samson, Samson. Oh yeah, Samson. I remember. Yeah, Samson and Delilah. Good, that good Jezebel that shaved his head. I get yes. I got you. Yes. Right. So that's that's the direction I'm going with it. I wonder. Um, this is the. I mean, he's reverted back to his first year with the Knicks hairstyle. So we'll should, see. See how it goes. Should we do a Knicks film school episode in which we dedicate the entirety of the time? To comparing each Knicks figure, both front office coaching and roster, um, to a biblical character. So Jalen Brunson would be David because everybody's a Goliath compared to him being five ten. Uh, and he, and like like pretty universal approval factor too. Exactly, especially okay. since he like won the battle against those giants. Or I guess okay. that giant in particular. And so the bigger question, I guess, if Tom, Th- since Tom Thibodeau is Jesus, who will be Punch's pilot in this scenario? Would it be, is there a particular Knicks content creator that you could see swinging the gavel? Does that make you Mary Magdalene weeping at the feet of uh, Jesus? Tom Thibodeau's whore? Sure. Yeah. yeah, why not? There we go. Thank you for that one. I do appreciate it. I'm just impressed you knew. Let's <laughs> move on to the next I'm just supposed you knew. Okay. Uh, okay. Listen, man, a lot of years, uh, Catholic school educated, Jesuit educated. Dolan. I know my biblical uh, con- concubines there. Biblical concubines is great. Um, uh, Dirty Dancer in the chat nailed it. Uh, James Dolan is Punctious Pilot. There it is. That's the one. I wonder That's- if in the middle of uh, Galilee, um, there is a sphere. That is apparently the greatest new concert venue that everybody's going to want to go to. They should give out uh, uh, bread and fish at the next uh, concert there at the at the sphere, all from one small basket, though. Yes. And it'll somehow feed every single person at the venue. It's like magic. Anyway, <laughs> um, take this pretty far. Next up, it's business. It happens. Um. <clears throat> actually, okay. That? It's business. It happens. Yeah, I think this is Emmanuel quickly talking about Obi Toppin getting traded. Um, Obi getting traded. Uh, that's my guy. He got traded. So business happens. Um, we moving on with the with the team we have now. Obi's still my guy. I still text him, call him, stuff like that. So. I'm just happy Emmanuel quickly didn't change his hairstyle. I don't know what if I would what I would do if he did that. Maybe went back to his uh, rookie season hairstyle. I guess his draft day hairstyle, which is his brains you? weren't tied. It was more picked out. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. I, li- I, I like this. This is I like this, too. Cool. Reminds this is the IQ look. I, I, I enjoy the IQ look. Anyway, Great. next up. Whatever we need to do to win is what we'll do. Ooh. um. I think, mm, not 100% sure. Mm, okay, I need to give an answer here. I think this is RJ. In what context? I. That's, I, it's RJ, final answer. If that were to be the case, you know, comfortable, you know, very comfortable in that, in that role. Uh, so is Josh, of course. So just I think whatever we kind of need to do to win is is what we'll do. Whatever the game, you know, tells us to do. So if that's uh, what I have to do, then you know, I'll I'll do it uh, very willingly and, and gladly. Hey. Mm. Yeah. What? What are you gonna say? Well, no. Just now hearing the quote, and I hope I think everybody else has the same reactions. Now that we got what we were told in the chat earlier, that sounds like he was asked. If you want to be the backup four, if you're asked to be the backup four oh, yeah. with Obi gone, how comfortable are you? And it got framed as sure, I'll come come I'll come off the bench. Yeah. Yeah. No, very good point. Um, you know, oh, man, I wish I could remember not only who said it, but what team they were saying it about. But like someone on Twitter within the last like couple of weeks made a comment about how maybe it was someone with Knicks Film School commented on the comment 
I'm butchering this. Let me get to the point about how about another team that there was either some signs of infighting or something where it was over like either a contract or like someone getting traded maybe or whatever the case may be. And how like how cool it's been that the Knicks over the course of the last year and whatnot with like maybe. Oh, that's what it was uh, with the in, with the Donovan Mitchell trade. Like there were guys that were like had one foot out the door. They were had a half of a ticket to Utah and then they came in and they were professionals and did their did their job anyway. I thought about that again today with like you, you saw some of the comments coming out of Toronto's media day mm-hmm. where they were talking about how like. Last season, like basically a disaster in terms, like just the, the camaraderie was not there at all, and like even Scotty Barnes's comments about like his mentality now. I don't know if I'd feel too great about that, um, but it's like another situation where you know Masai's you know runs a team where half of his guys are always in trade rumors, and it seems like maybe that clearly affected them. So whatever the Knicks have done, whether it's because of Leon Rose, whether it's because of the players, whether it's because of Tibbs, whether it's because of Johnny Bryant, whatever, like. Something seems to be working where guys just like they will come in and they will they will concentrate on doing their jobs. And that's a that's a cool thing. Next up. You should get this one easily. I have great respect for him. Why should I get this one easily? Okay. Um man. I feel like it was a question about someone that was traded recently. Uh, I'm going to get this wrong. I got to tell you, I think I'm going to get this wrong uh, because I don't, I don't, it, it, you haven't given me a Tibbs quote yet. And I don't think this is Tibbs. And yet I feel like I should say it is Tibbs. Um, I will. I don't know. I'm going to, I'll go with Jalen Brunson. And I, and I don't feel good about it. Well, Mary, I think you would recognize when you're, your uh what's the opposite of a concubine a wife no like wh- who has the concubine this is tibbs this is tibbs talking about evan it fournier. is tibbs i could but i couldn't I place who he was talking about he's talking about evan fournier yeah I, oh the thing is you all you know and i have great respect for him and uh you know you come into the season uh, i didn't go into the season thinking we were going to do the things that we ended up doing we did it because we weren't having success one way, so we adjusted. And then the next group that went in, like it's hard to argue with 37 and 22 and a plus five net rating. You know, so it is what it is. And then your job is to stay ready when you know. So whatever it is that we're asking you to do, go out there and do it. Be part of the team. Put the team first. I should have won my instinct because my instinct when I saw it, I, and I think I remembered seeing it or hearing it or something earlier in the day. That's a bad job. Um, you know, it's an interesting what if that we've never talked about, probably because there's no reason to talk about. Mm-hmm. What if Quentin Grimes never got hurt last preseason? I think they. I know where you're going with this. I think if Grimes doesn't, Do you? I think we're if Grimes doesn't get hurt, Cam never sees the floor. So, me too. So I think what would have happened is I think because I think the and Bagley reported on this at the time that the plan was for potentially for Grimes to take over the starting spot. I just I wonder if if Grimes is a starter from day one, then Fournier is obviously in the rotation coming off the bench. So that backup unit would have been Derek Rose, uh, Evan Fournier. Um, my God, how, how am I forgetting? Like who else was I get would would. Would Cam have gotten a shot? No, I don't think so. I don't think um, Cam played on opening night because um, Yeah, I know because of the yeah. but because of the injuries, but I'm I'm trying to think of like who uh, oh no, sorry. So sorry, I, I forget my manual quickly. So quickly, Fournier, um and who did I just say a minute ago? Who else is who, uh, uh, Toppin, Hardenstein, and what what player am I missing? That's also part of their their bench unit. Well, Josh Harden. Derek now. Rose, that's right. Derek so, Rose, that's right. Okay. I keep it, it's weird now to think of like an, another backup point guard that's not Emmanuel quickly. So Rose quickly, Fournier, Toppin, Hardenstein. How would that backup five have looked? Are we assuming the version of Derrick Rose we had last year is the version that we get? Yeah, I guess. Then I think it looks as it did for the first. 20 or so games until Tibbs finally decides to unfor- do what he probably pained him the most to do yeah, and I, pull the plug on Derrick Rose. 
Yeah, I mean, but the, I, which I isn't know. a fair characterization. Derrick Rose is a former MVP, like before yeah. he decided to take Derrick Rose out of the rotation. And and it's, but as far as Fournier goes, if like the the like I I wonder how much the fact that he was like he probably knew he was going to be coming off the bench, and then he was forced into the starting role again because Grimes got hurt, and then he knew he was living on borrowed time and the whole thing. I wonder how much that much that much screwed with him, and maybe being able to more fully like wrap his mind around, okay, I'm coming off the bench. I'm going to give it my best for 20 you know, minutes a night. Cause ultimately the thing that got him bench was good in his shot, you know? Yeah. And uh, I wonder if that would have gotten any better. I don't know. Just an alternative universe. I've never really spent two seconds thinking about until now, but so, okay. Is it more that you wonder if they ever, cause the, the Derek Rose, if it doesn't necessarily matter to this equation, as far as I'm concerned, it's a Deuce McBride. If yeah, he I mean, would have eventually decided I'm going to give sure. Deuce a look and go heavy on defense. I, I think I'm mostly curious if Fournier would have shot better because okay. I think if Fournier would have shot better, if he was in a backup role, I bet you he would have kept playing in the rotation. That's my guess. Okay. Two more. My focus is to win games. Emmanuel quickly. No, it is Dante DiVincenzo. Oh, my God. Day, that's like right. Said, that's not my focus. Um, my focus is to win games, whether I'm starting, coming off the bench, playing 20, playing 40, doesn't matter. Um you know, my focus is to win games. Um, you know, I signed a four-year deal here, so I plan to be here long-term. And, you know, ultimately I plan to win a lot of games here with these guys, whether the lineup is starting lineup, closing lineup, whatever it is. Um, I trust in Tibbs' decision-making, and, you know, we go from there. I was thinking it was quickly in the context of them asking about his contract. Um, so I did have a quickly contract quote on here. I just, I don't think it's relevant. He's quote was that I'm letting my agent and the Knicks yes. figure that out, which yeah. I mean, good. I, I hope they figure it out soon. I think the the Devin Vassell contract, while I don't think the number matters, I think it could create a domino effect of guys that are extension eligible, potentially getting extensions soon. Well, the, the, interesting, the other interesting part of the Vassell contract is, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's the first five-year extension, we, non-max five-year extension that we've seen, um, which now is allowed under the, these these rules, uh, the new CBA. So, we'll, um, yeah, I guess I I something tell I don't see I'm I'm not sure I see quickly wanting five years. I'm not sure I see the Knicks going five years. I think it's going to be a four year deal, maybe maybe with an option of some kind. We'll see. Last one, and it potentially is a layup because the last couple have been tough on you. So the last one, we joked when we were younger about playing on the same NBA team. So. You haven't given me a Brunson quote, so I'm assuming this is the Brunson quote. This is Jalen Brunson talking about playing with his fellow Villanova Wildcat alumni. This guy's around. We've choked. You know, when we were younger, but oh, we all play on the same NBA team. That'd be funny. You know, that'd be cool and everything. But um, we got a lot of those guys on this team. And um, yeah, I mean, we can joke around how yeah, these guys will joke about how the culture's change or whatever. But I know one thing. Um, whenever we're on that court, man, it's all about what we're trying to do to win and um, whatever the game is asked of us, we're going to try and do. And so um just happy to have those guys here. And, yeah. Good stuff. Um, can we give two honorable mentions for, for uh, quotes of media day? Sure. Not, honorable, I don't know. Honorable mentions. These are the, I think the two winners, the, the David Griffin quote about Zion. Oh my gosh! Yeah, this is this is the first time he's taken that aspect of his profession seriously. That aspect <laughs> meaning his like staying in shape or getting in shape. Uh, that was a doozy. I also particularly enjoyed Nick Claxton claiming that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant getting traded robbed him of an All Defense spot, and like insinuated that he might have been in the running for Defense Player of the Year as well. I thought that was pretty good. Believe in yourself when. <laughs> Others don't believe in you, John. I yes. Listen, this is why all the hives that exist, I I I have a, a special place in my heart for them. I know you can get annoyed at them, but I just my response anytime someone says they're in a, a quote unquote hive, it's like I just hope you believe in yourself the way that you believe in this person that has not necessarily proved uh the need for like I, I do it with jet fans all the time. Like I actually might have to take an L because Zach Wilson looked amazing last night, but there's a Zach Wilson hive. And I was like, you know what? God bless you. I I, I hope you believe in yourself the way you believe what, in this this quarterback. What what Nick player hive would you most closely compare the Zach Wilson hive to? 
You see, I don't know anymore because last night recalibrated everything <laughs> for all of us. I would have called it like the Alonzo Trier Hive. Oh, but now sounds it's like, an, like, sounds like the RJ Hive to me. Well, now it might be the IQ Hive. Maybe there actually was some substance to all the hype, you know, because no, IQ has always been IQ never was as bad anywhere near as bad. He as wasn't. He wasn't. Was. But that's why I'm saying like with IQ, we just needed to see like, like a lot. A lot of what that hive, the Zach Wilson hive has said is like, it's the play calling. It's the blocking. It's the personnel. He doesn't have got receivers it, to it. throw to. Like got he it. hasn't been given the right chance. Dalvin Cook has aged, you know, and that's that's been the look who he's put. Look, the defenses he's playing against. Micah Parsons is the next LT and Bill Belichick. And then last night, I'm like, you know what? This guy looks pretty good. Now, it's one game. I don't, we have a week to determine. This is turned into a football podcast, and I apologize, everybody. I will you, be back to the Knicks. But one week, it, it's one nice two and a half quarters. We will see if the broken clock was just right or whether Happy learned how to putt. On second thought, it sounds maybe it sounds like the cam hive. Uh, <laughs> do we have, do we we have, have a couple of super chats? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. And any other questions? We'll go. We'll go the. We'll go the full hour, um, or whatever. Uh, Asian Farrick, what's going on, Asian? Tim's clack back hasn't shaved since last season. He looks like he's been in the lab all summer. Can't wait to share another season with y'all. Let's go next, Asian. You know you're my guy in so many ways. Uh, I feel like I'm. I'm out there, uh, alone on an island. And then Asian, you come and you put a nice arm around my shoulder and. You tell me. I'm here with you, man. I'm right here next to you. I need that sometimes. I really do. No, I think um, I wrote a little bit about it this uh, last week, I guess. I'm legitimately excited for for Tibbs this season in this respect. I think, you know, there's a franchise that has had <clears throat> to say they've had a checkered history in terms of coaches coming in and out the door. It, obviously, it's an understatement. And like He's a good season away from basically putting himself not on the Mount Rushmore because the Mount Rushmore is Joe Lapchick, their first coach. I think he was their first coach. Um, obviously, Red Holzman and then and then Riley and Van Gundy. Like Tibbs is, isn't going to get there this year, or probably even like next year. You know, we'll see. But he's he's on the verge of like putting himself pretty squarely in the five spot if he's not there already. So uh, that'll be cool if he gets there. Thanks, Asian. Appreciate you, man. Matt Smith, what's going on, Matt? If we give that gargantuan offer, we're back to the Embiid thing. Does that suggest that Julius is in the final iteration of the roster? If not, what do we have left to get star number three? Um, I My biggest question that is like... My biggest not yet relevant question and maybe will never become relevant question is kind of a different version of the biggest question I've had for years now, which is what do the Knicks internally think of Julius Randle? And <clears throat> I just still don't have a good grasp. I think there are differing opinions of him probably within the organization. I, you could probably say that about anybody on the, on the roster. So I'm not, that's not any, you know, not really saying much there, but like, I, I, I really don't know, Matt. I, I could see a world where they, view him as like perfect to be third in line after Jalen Brunson and like whether it's Embiid or I you could tell me there's a couple others I mean Giannis would have been tough because you know Giannis kind of I, I he even as he ages I have to think he's primarily going to want to play the four so that would be a little little dicey um but other than them getting a four I I you know, I could see Julius them talking themselves into Julius being a number three. I could also see a world where he's, you know, he he is the player that goes out. The the thing that has never really added up for me, and why I always hesitate to put Julius in scenarios where they'd be getting a star, at least in like as a player going back to the team that's sending out the the star, is like if a team is sending an a, you know a, a star of the caliber that the Knicks are trying to get, whether it's Philadelphia with Embiid or anybody else, um, does Julius Randle strike you as the sort of guy that they are going to want to take on? You know, he's a guy that I think there's a lot of teams that are trying to win out there that are like, do you know, he's kind of a quirky fit. He's a 
he's a he's a four ideally would be a four slash five but we can't play him at the five because protect the rim and the shooting kind of comes and goes. like all the all the you know all the shit that we talk about with julius all the time like so the idea that a, a team that's going to be starting over is going to want to take him on i don't know um you know ultimately i think what dictates how the knicks go about doing whatever they are or are not going to do with Julius Randle is the same thing that dictates pretty much every decision that Leon Rose has made since he got here, which is where is the value at? Where can I get the most value? And I think thus far through three and a half years under Rose, he has made the determination that my, the most, the most value that I'm getting from Julius Randle is right here on this roster. Um, And I, I I don't necessarily disagree with that. I I probably don't disagree with that. Um, So, Great question, though. It's a great question. Um, and then Matt with another one. Thank you for the for the super chats, Matt. Um, how do you think DJ Wagner factors into this? I can see them trying to add a star and a rookie deal to solve cap issues. So it's so funny you say that because w- since Rose took over, and again, I spoke about this a little bit on the podcast today, like he has not wanted to take a step backwards. So like there were many people, including me who, when it was, um, when it was, uh, the draft last year. So a little bit more than a year ago, <clears throat> I was like, let's try to trade up for, for Jay Ivy. Like, you know, try to get that young star before he's a star and, and maybe, you know, kind of, because he wasn't like an obvious top, obviously he wasn't a top three pick. So it's like, he was, he's not like an obvious guy that like a team, if they get a chance to draft him, they're definitely not going to give up that chance, but he was still profiled as like being maybe good enough that he could be that level of star. Like, let's try to do that. And I think they made an effort. They did really make an effort there. So, you know, I just, they're so far along now that the notion that they would expend real assets and like, I, I don't know, anything about where you know about dj wagner like his game or anything like that but i know he profiles as a a pretty good you know prospect the notion that they were would give up what they needed to give up to trade up to get him um like and that's where they would expend their assets and they're going to be a team who's trying to compete for a championship i that's the part that i can't quite reconcile where i where I catch myself and I wonder is there, is there maybe a door there is the fact that again, if they can't swing the trade for the big star trading for a rookie contract player is one way to get by them additional time where they could skirt, where they could duck the second apron, which is, you know, and, and maybe the first apron even, which is what everybody's trying to do. The issue there is you, unless you're doing three, three team deals or more than three team deals, the team that you, that would have the pick that you'd be trying to get to draft DJ Wagner would have to have a ton of cap space that they would be, they would have to be okay with using that cap space to take on. I don't know who they would send to this team to, 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 to draft DJ Wagner, whether I don't know, Emmanuel quickly on his extension or RJ Barrett or I mean, whoever that doesn't matter. But like, because that's that would be part of the equation, I would think for them at that point would be they'd be they'd be doing it to try to save some money. Um, interesting. Um, yeah, but that's that's a good one, Matt. I, I don't know. Maybe something to pay attention to as we, we get closer to when DJ Wagner becomes draft eligible. And Jason M with with. Uh, I think this is our final super chat prediction for the most common closing lineup. My goodness. Um, well, I'll get the easy ones out of the way. Um, actually, I'll try to do this in order from like most confident to like least confident. Um, hmm. I actually think there's an interesting. I can see a scenario in which uh, Julius Randle closes more games than Jalen Bronson, which sounds insane, but like. You know, let's say they have a, a six-point lead with a minute and a half to go or two minutes to go or two and a half minutes to go, and it's like we got to get our best defensive unit out there. 
Like that's not going to be Jalen Brunson. Like let's say it's like that sort of situation, and Jalen Brunson decided an iffy shooting game. Well, that sounds like a manual quickly time to me. Um, but I'll go with Brunson one, Randall two. Mm, I'll I'll go I'll go Josh Hart three. That's my third guy I'm putting in this closing lineup. Man. He really did lean on Isaiah Hartenstein a lot to close games last year. And I think I think there's something about that that they they like, that he likes. He just he gives you a, a he when it it depends what type of game it is right because if you if you really want to max but then again Mitch with the offensive rebounding but that kind of gets neutered late in the game. okay um I'll go with Mitch I'm not gonna overthink it and eh, screw it let's have some fun Dante DiVincenzo there you go so we got the three Nova guys Julius Randall and Mitchell Robinson Let's see if I'm right oh yes Andrew over over quickly over RJ over Grimes so. The question asked for the most common closing lineup. So I think that five men will, like, you, we, we will see that five. I say this with so, such little conviction. I want to be very clear about that. Okay. Like, it could easily be quickly or RJ, but like, if you're putting me on the spot, like, sure, I could see it being that. Like, that, that particular five man combination being the most five used five so, men. You heard it here first, folks. Yes, that's right. John Macri is boldly predicting that Dante DiVincenzo will commonly be closing games for the Knicks this yeah. year because he hates Emmanuel Quickly and RJ and Barrett, Barrett and Quentin Grimes and yes. <laughs> what your favorite player with insert favorite player here. He hates it. He hates them. Excuse me. I mean, I, look, I I think Tibbs is going to love DiVincenzo. I think DiVincenzo is going to close a lot. Let me be yeah. clear. I I think Emmanuel we'll quickly will have something to say about it in the sense of I think he's I mean I think Tibbs believe this I think quickly's gonna go up another level like he did last year it's just a matter of time of whether he's gonna get the opportunity given the minute allotments that exist you know again I'll go back to what I said a couple minutes ago if that's really the case if and I could I completely agree I could see you quickly going up a level it like isn't and he he likes hard out there and he likes Steven Chenzo out there. Then Brunson would be the guy who said, like, I really do think it comes down to are they protecting leads? So Brunson will always close though, but I just are you think, sure he didn't always? I mean, he didn't yes, close he did. a couple games. There's one closed. game he didn't close, there's one game he didn't close, and it was the Heat game because, yeah. They, it's literally one example, and it was a game Julius got hurt, and the Knicks went small, and that second unit was rolling. And Tibbs was like, I'm going to let just see how, how this works out. And the quickly Grimes, RJ, Hart, Hartenstein five closed. And we were all like, okay, that worked. Uh, I'm down. We're the five seed. <laughs> bring on, I bring on I, Cleveland. I, let me put it this way. I do not think that the most five, the most used five-man closing combination will be Jalen Brunson, Emmanuel Quickly, Dante Vincenzo, and Josh Hart. Because that is... Oh, no. I think know, it's going to be the closing five that we saw... After the hard extension, I think okay. the quickly, but that's not Divincenzo, right? I'm not. I don't. I don't think Divincenzo is going to close as much as you just said. I think Divincenzo is going to close. A lot of games. I think he's going to close a lot. I'm saying the oh, answer oh. to this question I, is the one that was so successful in those final I, 25 games. I think the better question might be who's going to close the least amount of games, and that's that's interesting. Um, and I don't, I don't even want. I don't know. <laughs> Last one. <laughs> Sam Garcia. Can't wait for opening night. Fuck Boston. There you go. RIP to winning time, by the way. Because that I know that that line is a, a common thing said of rival Boston sports fans. Yep. Um, but also that's a line that's featured in that show that you didn't watch, but I watched religiously and quite enjoyed by the end of it. So um from what I watched, I enjoyed well enough. I'll say that. All right. Uh, we good? We good. Okay, here we go. Uh, thank you, everybody, for tuning in to tonight's live stream. Um, also, I'm remembering that I was supposed to plug something at the beginning of this show that I will plug now, which is that Knicks Film School is having a watch party. 
in a month uh, yes. from a month from Friday, uh, November third. That is the I don't know what game it is. The fourth or fifth game of the season is when they play the Bucks. So can um, we clarify? They're sure. having a we're having a watch party four weeks from Friday, a month from tomorrow. Yeah, what did I say? A month from Friday. A month from Friday would be. The oh, same. I see. Four weeks from Friday. Yes. There it is. Okay. Yes. All right. So November third, Friday night, Pen Six. Uh, I believe we're going to be selling tickets for this event. Yes, Jeremy is going to. We will have more information in the coming days and weeks, but it's we will have all the information ironed out on when we do our first post game yes. live stream next but, Monday. But it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, you know, there's going to be food and obviously booze because you need that. And uh, Knicks basketball and uh, your, your all your favorite Knicks film school people will be there. I will be there for at least some of the time. Um, and uh, I think that's that. So, yes, uh, thank you again for checking it out. If you're listening on the podcast feed later, please leave a five star rating review. And uh, I guess we're we'll have a we're having a bunch more episodes uh, coming up this week. I'm very excited to get to talk to some fun people over the course of the next several days. And then, yeah, first uh, first post game live stream Monday night uh, after the uh, first preseason game, which comes against the same Celtics that they will be playing for the first regular season. game. So that should be interesting. Peace out, everybody.